I'm Meredith. And I'm Robin. And this is My TV Family. Today we're talking about therapist on TV. Welcome back to My TV Family. As Meredith mentioned, today we are tackling the topic of therapists on television. We'll be joined by a very special guest, Fraser Crane! Ah! <laughs> but first... Let's start with some current hot topics in television. Robin, do you want to get us going? I would love to. Um, Meredith, did you watch the Oscars? I did. Okay. I was tragically trapped in an airport in the middle of America. Um, but I followed along on Twitter, which I feel like at this point you might as well be watching the show because you can watch the clips and the recap. So I felt like I was there. Um, my favorite, 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 favorite was Billy Porter, who you may remember from my frequent begging requests for you everyone not just you meredith everyone in the listening audience to watch pose yes and he did the before the red carpet coverage on abc he did yeah he interviewed a bunch of people and he would um routinely say in the category is (gasps) he did oh meredith i gotta go back and find that Oh man, he looked fabulous. So if you, in case you've been living under a rock, he wore a tuxedo ball gown hybrid Mm -hmm. that was created by Christian Siriano, who we also love. Um, He looked amazing. He really did. Oh, Billy. And he he was in a new um, outfit for the red carpet coverage. Oh man, I got to go back and do some serious research and recon. Yeah. The category is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, amazing. He was great. Um, And as everybody kept talking about, the show was host-less, but was led off by Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph. And I'm just going to say it. Everybody else is thinking it and also saying it. So it's not really what I would call an original thought, but can they just host all of the things? Let them host everything. Yeah, I'm here for it. I have heard arguments to say that we don't really need a host. We just need people that are funny like that who can give us like yeah a two to three minute bit minutes. every yeah. you know every couple of minutes you know how they had melissa mccarthy and brian tyree henry yes um do their bit they didn't have a lot of big names like that other than the, i think those two groups who really came out oh i guess um dana carvey and mike myers kind of uh-huh. did their bit <laughs> yeah. but they someone argued that we don't really need a host if we have these funny comedians and celebrities come out and do funny bits. I mean, I think the the feedback I heard was that the show was pretty good throughout. Yeah. Some of the winners were a little craptacular, but yeah. that's a podcast for another podcast. Well, I um, had a disaster and my um, Oscars didn't record for the first hour. No! I know. Meredith. Tragedy. That is. Dude. Um, National Guard was And so I missed the first hour, which is really when a lot of the people who you wanted to win won. Okay. I think like Black Panther won a couple, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like the one. So like I hit the back half, which was a little more disappointing. Lackluster is a word. (laughs) Um, But one thing that I saw was really interesting about it is that um, all four acting winners, like so the two lead actors and the two supporting actors, Mm -hmm. all four of them, Regina King, Rami Malek, Mahershala Ali, and Olivia Coleman are all currently starring in TV shows right now. Um, So I thought that was really interesting because there was, you know, 
old Hollywood would yes. be like. There was a very distinct, big distinction between the big screen and yep. the small screen. And there was a time when you had to make you. It was making a leap, right? Like, yeah, he um, is trying to make the leap from TV to movies. Yeah, like, or it was a step down when like, we went from movies to mm-hmm. TV, right? And so I just thought that was interesting that they're all four of the the winners are have a big screen success and also have pretty big screen i mean tv um shows that are successful we know about trends in television and uh, just pop culture generally yeah but yeah no i think there is so much more crossover now and that you can do both at the same time and be and you know i think it's also you know everybody keeps saying like the golden era of television and it's tv is better than it's ever been and blah 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 but like i think there is so much good toothy material that you can get on tv yeah um also olivia coleman i was just going to say the best her acceptance speech was just like so real and authentic and funny she looked like she could not believe that this was happening yeah which is probably how she felt legitimately believed it yes you know there are some people like oh who me (laughs) like taylor swift yeah let me sorry (laughs) that just jumped out read my speech and she just had everyone laughing yeah she's fantastic every bit so one of my friends was reminding me that she was in Hot Fuzz, which was such a hilarious movie. Yeah. So there are so many great clips of her going around. But my favorite was um, I saw someone tweeted, I'd like to report. Uh, and then there was a scene from her from Broad Church of her saying murder. was <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, she killed it. I really, really liked her. It just got me very excited about the crown and her taking yes, over for that. Yes, yes. And I was really sad about... Um, Claire Foy not being the queen, but now I, don't, now I feel like who it's... cares? Sorry, Claire Foy. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, definitely Oscars were a hot topic, and this is a hot topic to me and me alone. But <laughs> guess what? We're talking about it. Let's talk about it. Um, so I just saw a release date for Catastrophe, and they put the trailer out. Oh my lord! If you have not watched this show. I can't be friends with you. <clears throat> the end. I'm no longer speaking to you. Full stop. This podcast is going to get awkward then. <laughs> it's going to get real quiet up in here. Um, but Catastrophe, it is so good. I can't wait for the last season. I think this is the fi- the final season. And the preview had um, Mr. Big from Sex and the City, which... We know how you feel. You do indeed. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and then my only other bit of hot topic news is that ATX Fest, um, which we will be attending in the summer, yep. um, announced two other people, um, who, two other shows that are be, uh, will be participating, um, which is a Greek reunion. Yeah. I'm hoping for some more less stars to be added to that list and, um, atypical, which I think we'll be talking about later on this evening. Yeah. That's really interesting. I love seeing those um announcements roll in scott michael foster where are you <laughs> come to town i know i hope i hope we get a little evan and cappy but oh my gosh dare to dream meredith what are your hot topics well i only have one yes. and this requires a little homework on everyone's part Ooh. so netflix kind of announced recently that they're canceling a bunch of their shows some that we don't watch um jessica jones friends from college got canceled people like that show yeah, I know. I you know I think I might get into it. It has a lot of people we like. Yeah, it really it. does. Um, but I did see like the people from One Day at a Time have been tweeting like they said they're in talks with season four, but Netflix is like on the fence because they're they don't have a ton of people watching numbers. it. The numbers. Yeah. 
whatever their magical matrix of calculation and prestidigitation. Yeah. Whatever, Netflix. Yeah, I don't quite get it, but they were just saying, like, we need you to be talking about it and recommending it to people. I know we're doing that. (laughs) Don't look at me. I do nothing but talk about that show. Um, But if you're thinking about starting one day at a time now would be a great time to do it. Yes, like Um, now or or sooner. Like immediately, if not yesterday. (laughs) Um, They just said they constantly hear like, oh, we're so glad for the representation that we see on the show. Uh I love seeing myself on TV for the first time. And then... And Rita Moreno. But the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Full stop. We're going to be talking about that show a couple more times this evening. But, oh, my Lord. What I want everybody out there in listener land to do is first, obviously, finish listening to this episode. Then (laughs) go directly to your Netflix and watch one day at a time. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. But it takes a hot second to get over the laugh track. But after you get over it, you will not even know it's there and you will adore it. Do it. Period. Woo! I'm getting hot. Um, Okay. (laughs) Meredith. Let's talk about what you're watching. All right. You've so been doing your homework. I have. So I finished season one of The Good Fight. <gasps> you have been doing the work. I know. It's not a very long season, but How I many will episodes take... do you think? Uh, it's 10. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Still, they're hour long. Yeah, they are. And the first season is just brilliant. I oh, just... I'm I so love excited. It. It's really compelling. It has some returning players. I know I talked about this last time, but Marissa is back. Yes. And she plays a big role, and now she's trying to be an investigator. Ooh, and like she, a Kalinda? <clears throat> yes. Mm. So she hooks up, not... She pairs Sexually. up. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, with the investigator at the firm, and is like, I'm good at this. I want to do it. So is it Kalinda? It's not Kalinda. Mm. Do you remember the investigator they had named Robin, who was on for like two episodes, and then she just disappeared and was never heard from again oh i don't oh well it see (laughs) (laughs) never heard justice for robin (laughs) and then um elsbeth tassioni oh i love her um she is a lawyer who represents um diane's firm so Mm -hmm. they're part of she's a part of this new firm and so she represents this new firm and i just love seeing new people interact with elsbeth (laughs) and try and figure out like what is going on yeah so elsbeth just presents as really scattered and distracted Mm -hmm. and very quirky and so people really underestimate her and she's kind of like presents as like wide-eyed and kind of like yeah and very sweet off the turnip truck yeah it's carrie preston from um uh true blood yeah and i think she's on that show nails Nails. i think you're right man i want to watch it but um People underestimate her because of the way she presents herself, but she is smart and tactful. And yeah, and always like, at the end, just like turns them all around and they don't know what hit them. Yeah, oh, just so really good. surprises them. So she is in it and plays a big role this season, and it's just Ooh, wonderful. And should have led with that if you were trying to tug me into it. I love it. And another thing that I find very interesting and a little bit jarring is that um, the president. Trump comes up a lot through the show. I've heard that. It's like super current and political. Yes, it is very, very now, in the now. But I feel like in other shows, they usually just like reference the president, but not necessarily by name. Yeah. But like his name is spoken about and it is like we draw the line, like you're either on one this side or the other side. Hmm. 
That is interesting. And I, I know what you're talking about. Like one day at a time, I think, makes some illusions, but doesn't say the name out loud. Yeah. So it is very surprising to me that they are doing that. But the whole, I mean, from the very, I think the very first scene is Diane watching the inauguration of President Trump okay. and just like watching her reaction mm. and just kind of seeing how she responds to that. Ooh. Um, and so... It's just an interesting thing. I feel like they don't usually do that on TV, but it, that plays a big part in it. Um, you know, this show covers some really heavy topics, um, police brutality, hate crimes, racial inequality, things that are Ooh. important to talk about. But Tough topics. They are some tough topics, um, but I think they do it well. Um, I'm not an expert, but I think I've learned some things, and I like that they're talking about important things. What you talk about? You're not an expert. Please. Uh, <laughs> you have a podcast about television. Um, and I will tell you that I started season two. <gasps> and I don't think I can watch it. Why? You know, it just kind of crossed a couple of lines for my sensitivities. Ooh. And and maybe it's just like I need to watch something that's a little bit more um, lighthearted. I know that. But just for me personally right now. But. I just had to turn it off halfway through. Oh, do you think the you'll first, go back to it? Oh, we'll see. But the the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to, I've got Take to move break. on to something. Okay, I'll little, catch up to you. A little maybe more we'll, comforting. We'll go on together. I know. So, um, but speaking of comforting, I Survivor is back. Oh, thank goodness! I know you guys have been waiting. So this season, um, there's four returning players in Survivor. Oh, okay. From previous seasons. Is and that I a think, normal thing? Um, oftentimes they'll do like an All Stars cast or whatever. I don't, I don't think they've ever done it where it's like, just four, returning people. And everyone else is new. Yeah, they've done it where there's like oh. two tribes. One tribe is all new people and one tribe is all returning players. Okay. This is just scattered. Yeah, I may be wrong, but this is there's just four returning players. The first three episodes of every Survivor season are always really boring. Because the same thing, like, gotta build a hut, gotta... Find some rice. Yeah, boat off, yeah, build a fire for the first time and vote off the first person and how embarrassing it is to be the first person voted off and... Whatever, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, shower. it's just so routine, but it's necessary because that's where you start to like get to know the people, but they're not, it's not the most exciting television. Um, and then I will only just talk about this last show for a minute. I'm almost done with my comfort rewatch of Grey's Anatomy. Wow. I know I've watched all 27 seasons of Grey's <laughs> <laughs> and I need to switch to something not related to medicine um because i am at the point where i'm giving a lot of unsolicited <laughs> and unauthorized medical advice to people that's true meredith tried to pin me down and diagnose me with several things before yeah. we started recording <laughs> i'm not a doctor but i've seen one play on tv a lot um, ma'am this is an arby's yeah. <laughs> yes um so that's it tell me what you're watching well if you're looking for something new to watch it sounds like you burnt out on the good fight and you're all done with grays yeah Ahem. i know here we go um excuse me part of the problem one day at a time i i know i, I will watch it by ne- i will start it before next next episode you have wow. my word okay you heard it here because everyone. That, that does seem like something that will help 
get me in a better mood. Yes. Um, it will. There are some, I mean, I feel like that's a show where I cry a lot, but not in like a, oh my gosh, that was so painful to watch just in a emotionally cathartic way. Yes. Um, so I blew through one day at a time in like a weekend, I think. Um, and we'll be talking about this when we get to the topic of therapy in a bit, but man, oh man, Meredith, I loved the season. Um, so the three seasons in and sometimes quality goes down, but not in this case. Um, first of all, they just keep finding new and hilarious ways to get Rita Moreno to emerge from (laughs) curtains and closets and bed knobs and broomsticks. It's just... Oh, it's so wonderful. There's one scene where she comes out of a hotel closet. Oh, just <laughs> kills me. Absolutely kills me. The flare an and is, Oh, so, so good. I could watch it again and again. Um, but the thing I think is interesting, and we talk about like kind of big picture and transitions and um, trends sometimes, you and I, um, as trend watchers yes. and setters, mostly watchers. <laughs> um hundred percent watchers, but setters. the kids are growing up, right? Like yeah. I think Alex is supposed to be, I don't know, 14, 15. Yeah. And, um, so the, they're boy, girl, teenage, teen, teenagers on the show. And when the show started, they were little, yeah. they were little kids. Yeah. And now they really address a lot of the big things that are going on, like sex and drugs and drinking and making good choices. Um, and the consequences of making bad choices and it was just really interesting to see Penelope as a mom having to figure out like it's and I think oh gosh we uh, we have little kids but I think they're going to grow up which is challenging <laughs> no um, not mine <laughs> so just kind of thinking about like stuff that you maybe want or think of as a parent and then like speaking it into words and realizing wow that doesn't sound right so um the one character is sneaking around with her girlfriend and Penelope the mom's like can't you just sneak around and lie about it like I used to do and like (laughs) that's not what she wants yeah but like you know who wants to think about their kid like having their first sexual experiences you know so that was kind of trying to figure out like what okay so I I said I think I want you to sneak around and lie to me about it so I don't have to know about it we can all kind of agree on um like a don't ask don't tell policy but that's not really right and what do we do anyway um (laughs) I really, really liked kind of the situations that they're putting the kids into. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, And Schneider's dad is on and he's played by Alan Ruck, who's Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, let my Cameron go. Yes, let my Cameron go. Oh, so good. Um, Now I have a serious question for you. Okay. Uh How do you feel about Schneider and Penelope ending up together romantically? You know, I think... I think they're like playing us to try and get us to like that. But mm-hmm. they make Schneider to be out to be such a like a mess. Canadian. Kinda. Yeah. Just, oh, no. I agree. You're to offending that very- <laughs> all of our Canadian fans right now. No, but just like a goof. Yeah. Right? No, he's like, definitely a doofus. Yeah. And, but like clearly an undercover hottie. Right. Like. Yeah. And I just think they just make fun of him so much that I just think we now are going to expect her to change her opinion i don't know i'm Uh, i'm here for it but i mean i'll watch the crap out of it but um (laughs) 
yeah, I saw some discussions about it on Twitter and it was just interesting. People got heated about it. And then there was like oh. a whole chain about, you know, shows that kind of ruined themselves doing yeah. that type of thing. And then shows that never went there and maybe should have. And yeah. kind of ways that you could, you know, there's always the episode where like you see them in bed together and then somebody wakes up and it's a dream and you yeah. kind of like get the like horn dog viewer payoff of getting to see them <laughs> do it. But like also it's not real. So it doesn't affect the plot and flow. Yeah. Anyway. But we've talked about... <clears throat> excuse me we've talked about this in the past that like brooklyn 99 did it really well yep that's true and jake jake get together and and it's not it's not like a will they won't they stay together or like they're just together and and it's great together yeah they just and it doesn't i think a lot of the times people say well we don't want them to get together because then it's boring and we you can't just ride that out the whole time we have to have drama but We've seen it happen and have it just be like, oh, that's a thing now. And now we'll just keep the storyline going. And it's- yeah, it was interesting. I don't remember if that came up in the discussion, but people were talking about different shows that had that dynamic and what went wrong and what went right. Um, one couple that was brought up that I think will be near and dear to your heart is Frasier and Roz. Oh, gosh. <laughs> For those of you keeping track at home, our Frasier count might be at an all-time high tonight. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess they had, like, a time where they just, like, hooked up and they were like, eh, like, that wasn't for us. And then they moved on, yeah. which is kind of a hard needle to thread. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think you either have to commit they're going to be, like, together forever throughout the rest of the show or... It was all a sexy dream. It's just not going to happen. Or it was all a sexy dream. (laughs) Stay tuned, horn dogs. You're not going to get me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so that one I really loved. And um, get out there and watch the dang show, everyone. Yep. And by everyone... I mean you. (laughs) Um, Okay. I also took one for the team and watched a painfully awkward television show about middle school for you, our listeners. That's dedication right there. Oh, girl. It's called Pen15. Yes. Um, It's getting a lot of kind of chatter just because of how it's set up. Um, Which I love that you did not know what Pen15, the Pen15 Club was. I did not. I had to teach. I, Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had to teach Robin what the Pen15 Club was. Why is that funny, Meredith? <laughs> what about that is humorous I think our you? listeners will get it. Am um, I a clown? No. That w- <laughs> um, no? <laughs> that when we would ask people if they want to join the Pen15 Club and we'd write Pen15 on their arm really big. If you have a pen right now, write Pen15 on your hand. And see Wait. if you figure it out. We'll give you a minute. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so um, it's real awkward real real awkward um but it's a portrayal of middle school um but the two main actresses in it and i'm assuming they were the writers and producers and directors they're actual adult ass ladies in their 30s so they're acting with kids who are played by actual teens and tweens so that is kind of interesting and could have gone real bad real quick does it get uncomfortable it does but they use anytime there's anything that's like remotely physical or like kissing or like anything yeah they switch to a body double that like literally looks like tom Selleck. so you're like okay okay. it's cool like it'll they'll be like going in for a kiss with like this 13 year old boy Uh and then you like see the actual close-up and you're like that man has a mustache and a very hairy (laughs) chest so um 
they're very clear to make it obvious that his body doubles but interesting i feel like that could go wrong really really quickly yeah so um (laughs) this to be clear it takes place in like the early 2000s i think middle school Mm -hmm. so it's far enough away that you can be like oh man those were heady times like look at that disc man um but it's very relatable in the way that just having a garbage middle school experience is kind of a universal yeah um so (laughs) this time period is um like very much in baby tees and cargo pants yes and like all of the twisted hair and butterfly clips like right in a row Mm -hmm. i did that Mm -hmm. did you yes i did that call your mom and ask for the pics (laughs) Um, i'm pretty sure my homecoming dance i had butterfly clips beautiful um i'm gonna i'm gonna get my hands on that photo footage um so yeah the looks are just amazing and the one woman who plays one of the main characters she has these two stringy stringy strands of bang hair that like hang down when she has her hair up or half up and she just always is like trying to get it just right and like strang strang stringity strang like pulling at the front like the two little just the amount of love and care and tender attention she puts (laughs) yes to like lovingly and spray just to like get these two gross like antenna looking strands of hair it just reminded me so so much of like not knowing what you're doing and like knowing you wanted to look pretty and like accidentally spraying your bangs into this like crunchy looking cleopatra anyway anyway that might have just been me Uh, (laughs) anyone else (laughs) but it was so relatable um but it's real hard to watch i mean real hard to watch the things so i think um chrissy tegan tigan was tweeting about um getting on aol yeah instant messenger Uh and like you know the sound of the dial-up modem and like yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so that was like very is really kind of like touching people's hearts yeah um there are a lot of people who are like oh my gosh i like really was my exact experience um but the thing that's like the in addition to it being very 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 uncomfortable to watch in many ways for all of the episodes um (laughs) the friendship between the two of them is just amazing and it kind of shows that like you can get through so so much if you have a buddy right like you can get through gross disgusting middle school junior high times if you have one good friend who's there to laugh and dance and sleep over at your house yeah and like they're just so lucky to have each other um but again going back to the relatability factor (laughs) um it really it covers the gamut right it's like first kisses to racism and yeah um the one with the stringy bangs gets like her undies in a twist about somebody saying something racist and she's like the one of her teachers is like aren't you gonna eat your lunch and she's like i'm not gonna eat until we solve racism and like that just felt like very angsty and overwrought and like yeah hormonal and all of the things um, so that is pen 15, which is apparently a code for something. Um, and then Just my, look at your arm <laughs> two more times. Sharpie is best. Um, my other one that I just need everyone to watch after one day at a time is Shit's Creek. Yeah. I am in all the way. I'm in too deep, Meredith. I am caught up to all the episodes that are available on Netflix. That's impressive. I'm thinking about moving to Canada so I can watch the most current season. Oh, my Lord. I rock this one out. So, again, I think last time I talked about Daniel Levy being the jam and also Moira. Yeah. The mom and the son. Just, oh, so wonderful. But Daniel Levy, um, his character, David, has a boyfriend on the show, I think, in season three. And his name is Patrick. 
he this actor reminds me of about a hundred different actors combined together in the face so logan from veronica mars a little bit you have me there giovanni rubisi a little bit um matt mcgory who is um he's on orange is the new black and how to get away with murder i think he was the the security guard who got one of the prisoners pregnant on orange is the new black anyway this patrick is just a little dish like a delight um and i adore david and patrick together the show's use of simply the best by tina turner literally brought me to tears not once but twice twice oh i'm so like i need you to watch it so we can be in it together i'm committed to that one and this is one that my husband wants to watch so we're going to start it we needed a slowly but surely a nice couple show so it's gonna be it can you guys commit to cranking this out yes we will do our best mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um robin you really have seen a lot of shows I'm... i like television I... <laughs> <laughs> I love it so now that we've talked about what we're watching we are going to have our interview with our guest melissa Today, we are joined by a friend of the pod and a real-life therapist, Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Melissa, we are so happy to have you. And before we get started about our topic, talking about therapists on TV, we want to ask you what we ask all of our guests and to see what you're watching. Sure. Well, I just finished Sex Education, which I really liked. Um, and have a lot of thoughts on, which we can <laughs> talk about in a moment. I'm uh, so excited to hear your thoughts, Melissa. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so excited to give them. Um, I am still watching Shameless. I can't seem to pull myself away. You can't uh, quit Shameless. can't quit it, although I know I should for so many reasons. No, I think you write it out. You go to the finish line oh. and you'll tell me what the last episode is because I <laughs> punked out last season. <laughs> well... I guess I'm kind of a sucker for mental illness. Frank Gallagher. (laughs) Maybe Ian. Um, I also just watched my first episode of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. (gasps) You did? Did. What did you think? Well, okay. (laughs) Oh, I know that well. Go ahead. (laughs) I didn't love it. However, I have done some folding. Yes, you have. (laughs) So it may have been effective. Um, But I didn't, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's, uh, the philosophy is great. I don't disagree with any of what she is promoting, but, you know, showing up at somebody's house and having them be on this TV show where they are kind of gifted this incredible experience is not going to change their life beyond you know, the few hours that that person is in their home. At least that's what I thought. Really? I oh. mean, I think it's a little deeper than that, right? Like, Can the- I ask you, is the first episode the one with the couple who keeps calling each other babe? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, a Scott. that's a whole other, that's an episode in and of itself. But yeah, they're an entertaining pair, those two. And that's what I think about that. I have heard that when you get further in, there are a little bit more complicated scenarios. So maybe there I'll- are oh. and some snippage, like some like, oh, I see that you aren't able to. I see that all 300 of your fraternity T-shirts from college spark joy for you. <laughs> OK, I might like that a little bit more. 
Um, maybe, maybe I was having, having a reaction too, right? Because maybe like, I don't want to be told that even people with two small children and jobs and stuff going on should have neat houses. So maybe yeah, that's don't what, tell me what to do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Mind your business, Marie Kondo. You go Mind your business, I said, as I refolded all the drawer, all the clothing in the drawers in our house. I support your refolding efforts, by the way. And I'll be interested in a follow-up to see how long those shirts stay folded that way. It's been a whole day, Meredith. (laughs) I'd say take a win when you can. T-shirt check. Day two. And then I I also just finished The Marvelous Miss Maisel season two, which I loved. Did you? Meredith and I need to get cracking on that. We've had some false starts. I do think season two was a slower start than season one. I was kind of back and forth maybe till the third episode, but uh, it got, it got good again. I think by episode six, I was laughing out loud and it kept my attention. Episode six. That's I very know. deep into the season. <laughs> Melissa. Six out of eight. <laughs> six of six. By episode six, I giggled out loud. Yeah. Slow start was a very generous <laughs> description. Um, w- without spoilers, does Lenny Bruce come back? You know, he's the only thing that I lust for and live for. I mean, I'm not sure how I can answer that without a spoiler, but <laughs> perhaps he died. Watch it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's amazing. Um, I feel like that's a very robust watching list. Yeah, I love it. And very up to date. Like you're watching all very new things. I'm I'm timely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone did their homework for their podcast appearance, I think. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we love you for it. Wasn't this someone? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, okay, that's amazing. Um, so should we turn to our topic of the day? Yes. Okay. So, um, Melissa, um, <laughs> you are one of the people I think of whenever I watch a TV show that has someone having a mental health issue or a therapist. And I always think like, ooh, I wonder what Melissa would think of this portrayal. Um, and nine times out of ten, then I bug you and pester you and bully you until you agree to watch the social. We can talk about it. Um, so that's Melissa. Um, we know that you down because I don't make it through a full season. So I, I apologize for that. That's because of your pure dedication to Shameless, which we've already <laughs> discussed. And I have to say, you've watched all shows that Robin has talked about on this podcast. So that I is- think <laughs> I think it's working. Yes. <laughs> and um, I feel like we've talked about this before, but there are a lot of shows on TV today that have at least one character who's in therapy or dealing with a mental health struggle. Um, so I may personally just be drawn to shows that have lots of broken characters. Um, but do you think that you are seeing more portrayals of mental health and mental health workers on television? I do think so. I mean, on the one hand, I think this reflects real life. I mean, say words about that. Well, it's out there, right? And we, I think, uh, are just talking about it more directly. We're naming it differently than we did before. And I think the other thing that is that we see on shows more often now is that we see it in dramas or we see it in really serious characters as opposed to just in kind of 
people in comedic roles or right. who like laughing at you're them. You're supposed to forget about it by the end of the half hour and it's never brought up again. Yes. Oh, or, or it's made light of, right? It's something that the audience is laughing at as opposed mm-hmm. to seeing the character really struggle with it or see the family members, you know, struggle. And then also just kind of seeing, as you said, sometimes the therapist, the role of the therapist in it as well. So I do think it's more prevalent now. Interesting. And also, do you think that there's any weight to um, if you see it, then you know it? Like, do you think that people being able to see these things on television leads to people being more open to diagnosis in themselves or other people? I know that's kind of a heavy question for our (laughs) silly little television podcast, but we have a smart lady on tonight. Oh, no pressure there. Um, (laughs) So I actually did a little research on this topic, actually. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Top well, secret surprise research. No, I, I love it. I did. I was curious about that. And what I found that I thought was really interesting is that there are some, there are some competing opinions on that, but there is at least one fairly thorough research study that showed that the portrayal of therapists on TV is actually negatively correlated to people seeking help. Oh, From the perspective of like how, I mean, I guess to answer your question, then I'm not sure about whether or not people seeing characters with mental health diagnoses that they can relate to is something that's been researched, but there is definitely research that shows that highlighting the therapist and kind of how people get a sense of what a therapist might be like is not necessarily helping them. That's interesting. So I watched Frasier a few too many times and that's why I can't find a good therapist. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you watched Frasier too many times. Thanks for nothing. But I wonder... I wonder if that has anything to do with the type of therapist we're seeing on TV, right? Like if are we only seeing like not great examples of therapists on TV? I, think, I know there's no way to measure that, but. No, but I think that's exactly right because oftentimes the way that therapists are portrayed on TV is really over the top. I mean, sex education and Jillian yes. is a great example, right? Yes. I mean, oh, we're going to come back to old X-Files. I, don't I, you worry. We can come back. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched that show Gypsy with Naomi Watts. No, but there was like sexy times in that, right? Like that's the other thing I was going to say is therapists are always sleeping with their clients. Yes, exactly. I mean, things like that. And then, you know, I mean, even my favorite TV therapist, Gabrielle Burns, um, who was yes. on in treatment. I mean, he was in therapy himself. We are human. We do sometimes go to therapy ourselves. What? But I think that people don't want to think that about the person that they are seeking support from. Um, and so sometimes seeing that other side of them, I think, can be a deterrent. Melissa, you just kicked our IQ points for this podcast <laughs> up into the stratosphere. And for that, I thank you. Oh. Um, so... Um, on the topic of portrayals on television of therapists and mental health, um, do you want to talk about a couple of the shows that came to mind when you started thought thinking about this topic? Yes, for sure. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I can't really even say more about Naomi Watts on Gypsy because it just disgusted me so, but, um, it is- was, she, was Naomi Watts the therapist on that show? 
She was, yes. Okay. And, and she's professional um, and respectable in every way. Oh, the end. And <laughs> scene. Um, but I mean, I think that was a, a pretty extreme portrayal, but um, certainly not giving therapists a good name. And, you know, I really love the show Sex Education, but I think that um, sex therapists as it is, people kind of struggle to understand what does that mean? What is sex therapy about? It's a hard enough topic to to talk about and name. And now um, I have this image of some person and I think Jillian Anderson fits that image, which is not necessarily what people want to think of when they're going right. to somebody to talk about a really personal intimate issue that makes them feel vulnerable. Um, and clearly she has her own stuff. I, I mean, I love her as a character, but I don't necessarily, I mean, the fact that she is writing a book about her teen son's you know, struggles <laughs> with sexual, sexual awakening development, <laughs> you know, not good practice. Um, yeah, no, that was kind of crazy. And I think you and I talked about the fact that on that show, and I don't know if this is like a trope that I can identify in other shows, although it feels like it might be, but like that she can't stop therapizing, right? Like she's, she just, she's does her work um, in the office. And then she, I like, I can't think of a single scene that she was in where she was not therapy ish. Right. Right. And to the um, detriment often, I mean, almost always to the detriment of her own child, but yeah. And their relationship. Yeah, exactly. And to his friendships and to her own relationships. I will say, though, I did love that scene. Um, I forget the guy's name. Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what scene you're talking about. And he was my favorite, favorite, favorite character. But go on. Yes. No, it was so great. I mean, especially he's in that robe and (laughs) she's like calling him out and kind of naming him. Oh, oh, no. The other. Okay, gotcha. The, um... Jacob or Jacob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Eric. Not Eric. When she, when um, Jillian Anderson is in the kitchen with yes, a yes. guy and she's kind of, she acts as if she, you know, has his card and yeah, he totally. throws it back at her. I mean, I'm like, I know, I know exactly who you are. I've got your number and you're a player and you're a this and you're a that. And he's like, actually, my wife died not long ago. You're the first woman I've been with since. And she's like, ah, yeah, that was a crazy scene. Yeah. And how did you feel about her son um, practicing therapy from a decrepit asbestos covered bathroom (laughs) in the high school? (laughs) So (laughs) I have to admit, I love it. Not necessarily the bathroom, but the um, the practice. I absolutely love it. I really do. You know, um, I have an interest or a passion, I would say, in early sexual health education. And, you know, I think that we forget as grownups that early sexual experiences and early life experience have really profound impacts on who we are and what our relationships are like and how much shame we carry and levels of confidence and all that kind of stuff. And I think it starts young and high school is a point where people are having their first experiences. I mean, for some, some is earlier <laughs> later, um, but I, I just love it. I think it normalizes the fact that, you know, as backing up for a second, I think as adults, we think of those kind of issues or problems as petty, you know, we think, oh, they're young, they're, it's young love. Right. It doesn't they're, matter. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. It's unimportant. And I think the show does a really good job of actually highlighting how important it actually is. Um, these are not little people with little problems. These are very serious. I mean, it depends on the character, but most of them present with pretty, pretty significant developmental concerns related to their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there were some serious storylines. And um, if anyone has questions about talking to your young children about sex and sexuality, um, hit me up because my friend Melissa does an amazing presentation. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. me. No, I thought it was great. I mean, I think the they also, they really get at so many different issues, right? Like the questioning of sexuality and gender, the, mm-hmm. um, the shame, the wanting, you know, teens wanting to kind of connect with this person, even though they're not even attracted and like the commitment because of a friendship and all these things that are very real. And they're not necessarily just real for teens. They're real for grownups too. And yeah. And I think like the reputation and the rumors and like the gender dynamics and all of it was so interesting. And plus it was like a, a fun little John Hughes romp along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. I'm so glad you watched it and liked it. That was definitely one that I kept thinking like, ooh, I can't wait to hear what Melissa thinks about old uh, X-Files Magoo out there seducing people left and right. I um, what else is on your list? Oh, Dr. I think, I don't know if it's Riceman from Big Little Lies. I forget how she pronounced her name, but... Um, <gasps> I forgot about her. <laughs> I like her as well. I think the... Um, she's not necessarily like a huge character, I guess, in a way. No, but but like pivotal scenes with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. And what I liked about her was, I mean, she did what was called safety planning, right? She, we didn't necessarily, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't have to go into that therapy room and dive into every intricacy of that relationship. But what the important takeaway there was, was like, you need to get out. And that's what she was focused on. And I think that was a really character. You just gave me chills. Yeah. She was like, girlfriend, you better get an apartment. And she did. And she did. Safety planning. Wow. Okay. This is amazing. (laughs) I'm learning so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and I think the other part of that, right, is that rarely does the therapist play the role of just therapist in a series without you seeing their whole background. And I thought in that role, she really was about, you know, protecting her client and, and helping, I shouldn't say protecting her client, helping her client protect herself. Um, and that was just a really great portrayal of the type of work that we try to do. Oh, Melissa, that is bananas. So like, do you feel like sometimes the portrayals are over the top and this was like an actual portrayal that was like, okay, you know, sometimes it's actual practical logistics. I have to say, how are you going to get groceries if you leave this dude? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think that's right. Like they, and there's a reason that they're over the top, right? TV has to be interesting. (laughs) Um, But not everything's a mission impossible movie in real life, but yeah, they keep turning them out. That's fantastic. Yeah. What else is on your, on your highlights? Well, as far 
I think those in terms of the therapists that stood out to me, I mean, there's also Dr. Melfi from Sopranos, of course. I feel like you can't talk about therapists on TV and not talk about her. I think Um, she was like a watershed moment, right? Like she got so much attention and um, it's like her and Frasier, I think. Those two are (laughs) my all-stars. I I keep mentioning Frasier because he makes Meredith get the (laughs) full-blown skeeves and makes her skin crawl off her body, so... Just You'll be hearing about him from time to time throughout this episode. Well, I think the other part of that, right? When I don't, was Newhart on around the same time as Frasier, or that was even older, right? Newhart, Newhart was, was older. older. Yeah. Okay, so the, those were portrayals of therapists in the comedic role, and I think when Dr. Melfi came along again, it was like more of kind of this serious, more dramatic kind of approach to seeing a therapist on TV. Yeah, she had great glasses, too. So that's how you know she's a smart lady. (laughs) Yes, of course. She crossed her legs very nice. Yes, yes, she did. That's another thing that they teach you at therapist school, (laughs) which I know. Um, That's amazing. So would you mind, and I want you to jump in with others, but um, if we take a couple, and I would love to hear your thoughts on them as well. Yeah, of course. Meredith, take it away. Fraser Crane. Don't don't make me follow Melissa. <laughs> Hello, I know words. No, well, what's going to be really bad is that I don't watch enough TV probably to have feedback on the people you're going to ask me about. So these will be for you to put on your watch list, and we'll have to have you back. And I appreciate you thinking that's a bad thing, and <laughs> that you don't watch enough TV. Because look uh, out, here it comes. The first one I thought about that I've most recently watched is Atypical. It's on Netflix. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not. Okay, so it follows the story of a family who has a son named Sam, and he's a teenager, and he's on the autism spectrum. Oh. Um, And so this show has gotten, I think, its fair share of criticism for its therapy and, like, his relationship with his therapist and kind of their depiction of uh, people with autism in general. So I'm not going to say a ton about that, but the part that I thought was interesting is that therapy especially in the first season kind of gave the narrative for the show like that he you he would gave the narration through his therapy right so um he'd be telling a story and you kind of watch it play out and then you find out that he's talking to his therapist through all of it hmm. so i think it just gave it like an interesting setting yeah um yeah. to set up the story um so i yeah. just thought that was a a nice way to kind of show that show his story and show what's happening and you also kind of saw like what they talked about versus like what actually happened right like right they they practiced some things they talked about just like certain things they're working on and then you kind of see how that played out how oh that's very cool um how we took that um yeah it's interesting i it got better in the second season i think got um, less criticism, if you will. Um, <laughs> oh, now I gotta watch it. And it's up for its third season. The second season did have therapy, and it moved to group therapy with our girl Casey Wilson. <gasps> My girl Casey Wilson. Did you watch Happy Endings, Melissa? I did not. Oh, top of the list. Top of the list. <laughs> Sounds you, like you know Casey Wilson. She's hysterical and funny, and I adore her. Um, and that that helped open up to see a more like diverse group of. Um, children with autism, um, okay. which I think helped portray kind of the more nuanced ideas of not autism um, and maybe not all the stereo 
types, um, which I think helped. Yeah. I got to get on top of that show. They are coming to ATX Fest. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think it was an interesting watch. Mm. Um, it's on check my that list. Out. And I, I, the format sounds really interesting. Like I love the idea of kind of seeing it through this perspective of the work that they're doing. <gasps> now we're going to get Melissa's opinion <laughs> on it. Ooh, girl, I can't wait. Um, and I know since it probably doesn't directly affect me, I think like maybe my opinion doesn't matter, but I think even if they didn't get everything right, I like seeing um, people with autism on a show and portrayed, I think just having that representation is important. So, um, I concur. and hopefully they get it right. Like hopefully they listen yeah. to people with, um, on the spectrum and hopefully they make changes and like give a show that, that yeah. is more meaningful. Um, so that was the first one I thought about. Okay. Um, and, um, the second one I thought about was Grey's Anatomy. So talk yeah. about not talking about anything important um, <laughs> and like throughout like the 9,000 seasons of Grey's there's a lot of therapy shown on TV um, like individual therapy their group therapy there's couple therapy there's really? therapy for PTSD like it there is quite a bit of therapy I didn't know that was a therapizing show um, but what's interesting over the course of the many many seasons is like at first therapy was like something to be resisted like mm. in the first half of the seasons, right? It was like, I don't want to go to therapy. Oh, I right. don't need therapy. I'm fine. You killed that patient. We're forcing you to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. And then like in the most recent seasons, it's been more about self-care and like choosing to go to therapy. And like, this I is, like I just feel like the perspective has changed about therapy than instead of like, oh, this is something you need and it's going to correct you and Ooh. fix you as in, into something like, oh, this is something that, is important to me that I find helpful that I like do for myself because um, like you may need it, but it's not something that's just forced upon you or only for a certain group of people. Right. That's and that you so don't interest. need, you don't need to be mentally ill or you don't have to have a diagnosis. <laughs> this is, this you is don't need to be limping into the ER for someone to be like, Oh, that guy's a mess. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that's right though. And I think as a, as a culture, we are actually moving more in that direction. Like I often talk to my clients about mindfulness exercises and I'll introduce it as, you know, this is something I've been doing for 10 years, but you may have recently read about it on the cover of Time Magazine. (laughs) You may remember mindfulness from adult coloring books and that (laughs) app you keep getting an ad for. And Kim Kardashian's doing it too. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that pop culture is kind of taking something that we have known to be true and making it appeal to the masses, which is a good thing all around. And um, I did watch Grey's Anatomy years ago, and I probably did not see the transition to it being kind of more of the self-care thing. But I do remember periods of time where there was more resistance or it was almost like a consequence for certain types of things. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like we after we go over the moratorium of like or how, you know whatever it's called when they have to talk about who they killed that week yeah it's like on every the m M&M or yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah um but um then it's like okay and you know that because you killed that guy you got to go talk to dr so-and-so on the fourth floor and they're like no not dr so-and-so on the fourth floor 
Um, but it's interesting that it has been on long enough that you can see that transition. Because yeah. I think, like, Meredith to Grey's Anatomy is Melissa to Shameless. So <laughs> you guys are both, like, going down with that ship hard. Like, you will yeah. be there with popcorn on the last day. <laughs> Very true. That's a that's an analogy, y'all. And they are both sinking ships. So. <laughs> yeah. To be yes. clear. Um, can I talk about one that and Meredith I know is near and dear to your heart? And Melissa, I'm going to make you love it. Now, with the, you don't watch One Day at a Time, Melissa, do you? The new one? I have not seen the new one. So with the caveat that it has a laugh track and that (laughs) that Meredith once told me she would start it and then started it in secret and stopped it because of the laugh track (laughs) and then restarted it and only after she fell in love with it confessed that she had started it and hated it. Anyway, that's another <laughs> podcast about bygones. Um, but anyway, um, it does have a laugh track, which takes a kind of a minute to get used to because you're like, whoa, there's a live studio audience just yeah. yucking it up. But once you get past that, it is a glorious, wonderful show. I love it so, so much. But it really, the, have you watched the most recent? I haven't. Meredith I know. Marie. Um, so it really touches on a ton of stuff. So it touches on PTSD and depression and medication and just like deciding yourself to get off your medication without the help of a medical professional. Um, This current season, they talked about panic attacks. Um, So it really is like the whole nine um, in a sitcom, believe it or not. Um, Excuse me. But one of the regular scene setups, kind of like to your point about, um, what were we just talking about a little show called atypical um kind of a scene set up for one day at a time is that penelope who's the main character goes to these group therapy sessions and it's all women who i think are all military vets um and they're all wise cracking you know lady people um but it is so like nice to see that a regular setup of the show is that they go to group therapy um, and the funny thing about it is that the leader of the group, of the therapy group, is Mackenzie Phillips, who was on the original One Day at a Time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so it's just, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful and meta. But yeah, they really dug deep this season about um, what happened, you know, what you should do if you have a panic attack. What do you, what you should do if you love someone who gets panic attacks, how you can help them through it. And um uh, oh it's just wonderful it's such a good show and they are like right up on some current affairs and I have seen um I've seen a lot of chatter on social media about it even being retweeted and things like that from therapists that I follow so I do think that that therapy twitter is talking about one day at a time (gasps) that makes me happy yeah so I have to I'll have to check that out and I think that from what I have seen and what I have read that the thinking echoes what you have said about, you know, it's, it's very real. They're touching on some very real issues. I think you would like it. And there's some real sexy men on it too. Just as a side note. If you're <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> thanks for telling me. Um, okay. So one other one that I wanted to talk about, I don't like you two laughing. I know. Me. Well, I feel like she just played my part. <laughs> <laughs> The part of shaming Robin for being a pervert will now be played by (laughs) Dr. Melissa. Um, Okay, so... Anytime. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so um, one other one that has, I think, also gotten a lot of um, chatter and attention and notice is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, Melissa, I would put this firmly in the category yeah. of shows that I screamed at you to watch until yeah. you finally gave in. I just kept sending you, like, <laughs> two-minute music videos of them singing, like, inappropriate songs. And yeah. I was like, this is funny. See? She's holding an eggplant, but it's not an eggplant. Melissa, watch it! <laughs> I get really intimidated when I'm more than a season behind, though. No, so I, that's a good feeling. You have so much content to consume. Okay, like the reframe they are. Oh, that's <laughs> that a therapy word. Um, okay, so um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is such a good show. It's in its final season. And if you want to talk about an evolution, man... Um, so this does contain one of my favorite therapists. Her name is Dr. Akopian, but because the show, for those of you who are not familiar with it, um, it has musical numbers. So the therapist has to sing sometimes, <laughs> um, as Melissa does. I do does. that as well. Yeah, was say. <laughs> um, it's a very, very realistic portrayal. Um, so she does a number called Dream Ghost. That's like kind of a take on, um, it's like a take on Dream Girls, but it's also kind of the the ghost who comes to you like in Greece, beauty school dropout, you know? Okay. So it's like the singing ghost who comes to you to like, tell you what your subconscious knew all along. Um, but anyway, in the past season, Rebecca, the main character on the show was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is a pretty serious thing for a show that's about singing and dancing. Yeah. Um, but they also kind of tackle the reluctance to take medication, especially if it's going to be like for the long term or for the forever term and kind of that feeling of, Oh, I'm feeling oh so much better. Why don't I just skip this therapy session? Yeah. Um, so they talk about maintenance and like what it's like, you know, to, I think she has a line where she says, this isn't something I, this isn't something I have. It's something I am, which I was like, Oh, oh, that's, wow. oh goodness. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if anyone wants to finish watching that program so we can talk about it, that'd be grand. <laughs> have you started it, Melissa? Well, <laughs> again with the well. I did start it a while back, but I did not stick with it. Although I have watched every video you have ever sent. I promise you that. And I have even laughed at every video that you have ever sent. Um, I, I should go back to it. It sounds very, it sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, I think you would dig it. I really do. Um, and then I know you started talking about um, one show that I also enjoyed and I wanted to see if you wanted to add anything to your comments about it. But um, I also really loved In Treatment. And if you're not familiar with the format for that, I think this is right, Melissa. They used to air like five different nights of the week and Monday night was his therapy set. It was Gabriel Burns therapy session with whoever. And then it was the Tuesday, it was his therapy session with the next person and Wednesday, the next person Thursday. And then Friday was his therapy session with Diane Weist. Yeah. Was that the that was the format I think, um, but I that was the first time literally like as you know I'm not a smart lady and I was like oh therapists need therapy this is crazy like I really thought that was like a revelation that on Fridays he had his own therapy. Well, but that they actually got a lot of backlash for that because people were saying that they didn't they didn't like the idea of the therapist character being somebody who showed weakness or showed crisis in any way, which 
again, I can understand why as somebody kind of considering as a, as a client in therapy, right. You don't want to have to think about what your therapist experiences. You kind of start to idealize them and you imagine them to be who you want and need them to be. And so maybe taking it out of that idealistic view and making it a reality that this person who you are so vulnerable around and who you can become kind of, um, I don't want to say dependent, but, you know, really looking up to or looking to period to think of that person as somebody who's also struggling, I guess, can present challenges. That is what that is what the pushback was. However, mm-hmm. I loved it and I loved him. And um, I think that they did a really good job of presenting like different, you know, the clients were really different. What they mm-hmm. walked the door with was really different. Um, and I love the fact that you could kind of see that in the life of a therapist, it's one hour we're talking to this type of a person with this presenting issue. And the next hour, it's this kid who's in total crisis and just kind of everything that has to be managed and everything that the therapist was holding. So I think from that perspective, I loved it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, to me, that's one of the best portrayals of a therapist I've seen on TV for sure. Oh, you're making me want to go back and do a rewatch. I remember there was a, a client who was a gymnast or something. She was like a teenage yeah. girl. Yes. That very vividly. I remember Josh Charles was on it. I remember that very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> and here ends the list of things I remember vividly. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, you are an absolute rock star. Thank you so, so much for doing this. I feel like, again, um, the smart words that came out of your mouth place are just blowing my mind right now. Can we go back to one other thing? Of course. Because when we started, you asked me about if seeing people in therapy on TV was maybe did that encourage or discourage. And I kind of spoke to it from the perspective of, you know, the idea of seeing a therapist on TV is not necessarily helpful, but I actually think that there is something really helpful and important about seeing people with mental health issues. Not not that therapists aren't people, but seeing (laughs) characters who are not therapists with mental health issues. And again, I don't watch Atypical, but Meredith, that example that you gave, I thought was a great one. And I think um, you know, I like shameless, so I'll use that as an example, but, oh yeah, there's some, um, some mental, mental health, health challenges health. up in there. Yes, there are. And, um, I mean, I think that Ian's portrayal of somebody living with bipolar disorder is really, really well done. Okay. Um, Carrie on Homeland, I think also is another really oh, good example. Yeah. Right. Of that kind of like how the mania can actually be really helpful in people's lives, how they can be more effective at work and that they kind of depend on it to do their work in certain situations. I mean, all of these are things that I have seen in my real people clients, not just people on TV. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I I think that I just wanted to make sure that I spoke to that difference because I think that it it is really helpful for people to be able to identify in a more serious way with a character that maybe they like or can relate to and, and recognize a, that they're not alone, B, that maybe there is help and support out there and C, maybe be able to kind of name what they've been experiencing. 
Oh, Melissa. Yeah. Melissa Way. Left I mean, and right. I, if people on Twitter are to be believe that, you know, watching One Day at a Time and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, people always chime in like, hey, as a person who has that, I'm so happy to see people singing and dancing about it on the TV. So... Twitter yeah. has your back, Melissa. <laughs> well, yeah, and I did. I I remember reading commentary on Girls and on the show Girls, mm-hmm. um, and her different scenes where you could see kind of symptoms of her OCD come out. Yeah, I forgot about her too, man. And people were really kind of blowing up that too about how relatable it felt and how comforting it was to see somebody you know, going through that, but still kind of so supported by their social circle. And so the TV, it's, it's important. <laughs> it you, might be the most important. Yeah. You heard it here. <laughs> I also, did you guys ever hear the idea that Phoebe on friends had schizophrenia? No, I didn't. But no. now that you said that, right. I'll I, never, un, I'll never unremember it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a, I think it speaks to that example of when you're watching something in a comedy form, it doesn't always come across in the same type of way. So you're much more easily able to kind of laugh it off or dismiss it. Um, But I remember reading that years ago that she would often, and I remember she did this, but I don't think it, it kind of connected for me, but she would say things like, well, those voices in my head said, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, laugh, 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 laugh. and you would just kind of move on that. She's silly. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so I, I do appreciate when we see mental health issues pop up in more kind of dramatic ways that are, I think more relatable and taken more seriously. Yeah. Although I will watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and uh-huh. can appreciate the humor in it. Yeah, well, and I think yeah we, me too. Um, I'm right there with you. The pair of you. Um, I think we can all agree that this podcast is changing lives, if nothing else. So, oh, on that sure. note. <laughs> all right, Melissa. Thank you so again. Fun. Have me back anytime. Oh, we will. Now that we know all your good words and your smart lady brain, look <laughs> out. I'm here to surprise. All right. Thank you, ladies. All right. Thanks again to our guest, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you all for joining us. Um, Please remember to uh, keep in touch with us. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. um, And as always, you can email us at mytvfamilypod at gmail.com. Hey, be a lamb, would you? Get over to iTunes and rate and review My TV Family. Do make it a five heart review. Yeah, we've really appreciated the many reviews that have come in recently. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again to our guest, Melissa. And. Thank you all for joining us. Um, please remember to uh, keep in touch with us. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and as always, you can email us at mytvfamilypod at gmail.com. Hey, be a lamb, would you? Get over to iTunes and rate and review My TV Family. Do make it a five-part review. Yeah, we've really appreciated the many reviews that have come in recently. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.